Okay, welcome back to the Make It Count podcast. This is after our summer short series. We're back to a full-length episode, as you can probably see. And so we're excited to dive in, and we're going to pick up on a series that we have been working through, which is the Stephen Covey series. And we're going to be talking about Habit 5. And I was thinking about it. I'll tell you what that is in a bit. But I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, hmm. There are recently I had an opportunity to do some work with a a local organization and they said you know we used to have these team training days every term at the beginning of the term but uh, we haven't had it in two years and we were wondering could you come along and do something for us well I can go and deliver a workshop a presentation but actually I was like I'm not sure what you need so I went and I arranged a one-hour sort of coffee meeting with one of the key people from the organisation and just asked lots and lots and lots of questions to try and figure out what situation they were in, what they hoped would happen, and just to draw out what's the context of this training. Yes, it's the first mm. one back, but what do they need? And so I was asking all these questions, and, and at the end, the, the person I'd met went, you're really good at this. And that's before I'd even done the presentation, <laughs> because they felt like I'd taken the time to hear them. You might say I'd sought first to understand. And then with all that information, I put some workshop materials together, some training, and went along, and I delivered it. And everybody in that room said, that was really good. It was very thought-provoking, but also it was right what we needed. Wow. Because I'd sought first to understand. And that's habit five, right? Seek first to understand, then be understood. Yeah. And you've told an example there of you're going to deliver some training and the impact of doing that when you are intentional with going, well, I could provide some generic training, but if I really know what they are needing, where they're at, what their key pain points are right now, I can deliver really good training that targets that. Mm. But of course, some of probably the, the key thing that maybe jumps to mind when you hear that phrase, seek first to understand, then we understood is perhaps you're in some kind of conversation or perhaps perhaps there's some tensions in a relationship or a business something or other the deal and you're going well i want them to understand this that i want and what i'm coming from and that's the natural thing mm. but if we are the ones that are able to go well hang on let's first seek to understand them and then once i've done that i can better understand how maybe what I want doesn't necessarily clash so much or, or whatever mm. and so I can seek that first and it definitely builds on the the win-win mm. that we spoke about and it, I suppose it maybe at the beginning it feels like a loss well, if I take all this time and energy to listen to them and that maybe they won't listen to me maybe they won't try to understand me and I'll end up losing out and you talked about this idea of that being a really valuable principle when there is tension, when there is conflict. But I think it was a joy and purpose episode we did where I talked about that tennis session that I was running. Mm. Well, because I didn't take time first to understand what the ladies in that tennis session wanted, 
that actually later caused tension. Yes. So if I sort of first to understand, I wouldn't have even been in the tense situation. Yeah. Which is quite an interesting idea. And ha, this, that's interesting. This is where sort of Stephen Covey basically says, this is the key principle for all interpersonal relationships. For him. I can totally understand that. Because I suppose if... I, <laughs> how many of our relational issues are raised because we're effectively ploughing into situations thinking really only about our own needs and also probably assuming that everybody knows what we want hmm. and therefore because you know they'll 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 do that for us and, and so it's like oh hang on if i seek first to understand them i seek first okay I'm, i don't want to plow in i want to go what do they need what do they want and then once i've made space for that then I'm able to better go, how can I approach this situation to serve them? Mm. And what then is almost certain to happen is a reciprocity. Mm. I said that word correctly. Reciprocity. They will reciprocate that. Basically, if I come in ploughing in and go, this is what I want, then everybody's going to go, oh, attention is scarce. People are not listening. So I need to make sure I'm heard and everyone speaks louder and louder and louder. Whereas if, I go, I'm going to make space for you. They share all their things and probably, at least to begin with, if it's not something that you're used to, they may end up taking quite a long time and many words to say it and mm. say the same thing again and again and again because they're not used to being heard. Mm. But once they've basically exhausted that, mm -hmm. they'll take a big breath and they'll go, or anyone with any sense of self-awareness at all will realise, I've been talking for a long time. Maybe it's time to listen. Mm-hmm. And that will then, ha so it's almost like ex you have to just press that reset in probably many of our, it doesn't have to be this big thing, but just training. I I'm listening to you, I really am. And people will slowly get it. Oh, I don't have to repeat myself 15 times to this person because they do listen. Yeah, and so seeking first to understand, then be understood. We've heard the phrase before, it's become really common parlance. But it is totally flipped to what our natural, natural inclinations are. Our natural inclinations are mm. to read our autobiography onto everything. We're yeah. obsessed with our rightness and what we think and getting our opinion out there. Mm. And obviously, there are big costs to that. But like you said, if we, if we don't, if all that we're doing is going around and hoping other people can understand us, I want you to understand me, Matt. I want you to understand me. I want you to understand me. Well, then we're basically bumping up against each other. We're not taking time to understand anything. Yeah. And basically, he said, if you want to be influential, you have to first know that you understand. I, like, basically, you want to influence me, Matt. I'm not going to let you influence me if I don't think you understand me. Mm. He said, all the time people say, hey, you know, I love you. I appreciate you. And he basically said, how can you love me? How can you appreciate me when you don't even understand me? Yeah. And, and that's where this seeking first to understand is so important. Because we say with our words, we love and appreciate. But with our same words, we're talking all the time and we're not listening. And that's where the, the, that really great quote comes. It's, you know, listening is a single behavior so close to love as to almost be indistinguishable from it. 
Yeah. Uh, and so that's really a lot of what he talks about. Um, can you think of a time, Matt, when, <laughs> you know, with some of the stuff we talked about there, uh, maybe where you haven't listened well or you have listened well and that's been really valuable? Yeah, I think so. Uh, many times in my life, I haven't particularly listened well. <laughs> All my teachers in every single school report say he's very distracted and he's very good at distracting others <laughs> from the class material. I think I exasperated many teachers. Mm. The one that comes to mind most prominently is a few years ago in a job and it was a new job for me. It was quite stressful, but there was a change of manager a few months in and the new guy basically well from my perspective fairly early on we obviously had some clashes in our personality um, but it became quite obvious to me that he didn't really have the expertise to correctly basically give me instructions so some of the instructions he was giving me were uh, potentially damaging for some very expensive equipment and <laughs> and so I was caught in this conundrum of well you know I should respect and honor him as my boss and my leader but also I have a duty of care to my own, you know, res responsibilities and role and a self-respect of I'm not just going to, because I'm, you know, I'm not going to just follow orders and then when it goes wrong, go, well, that's what I was told to do. And there was a lot of negative, um, it just the, the relationship ground down and, and I really try, <laughs> I think I try, I truly did try to see things from his perspective and there was many things where we were mediated by a third party um, but probably in hindsight yeah I, I could definitely have sought to sought to understand him better and looking in on it realizing uh, later on oh I can understand a lot of the pressure he was under because he was new not just to the role but also to the organization at the time and so he was feeling under a lot of pressure and he was the one that was getting grilled by, you know, his bosses as to why is this not happening and why is that not happening? So really, he just saw a big list of this needs to get solved, solve it, solve it, solve it really quickly. Whereas I was looking at it going that if we rush everything, it could all break and then that will make us even worse. Mm. And so because both of us were feeling this incredible stress and pressure from external, from above, it meant that there wasn't even space to take a breath and go, look, really, we want the same thing. <laughs> we want the stuff to work. We want the red alerts to disappear. How can we work together on this? Um, and unfortunately, we couldn't resolve that until basically someone else came in and did a stopgap in between. Mm. And then that relationship was able to mend once effectively. Yeah, that that was it had to be pushed aside in order to be mended and then there was the respect was able to grow and go oh actually yes you are capable and yes you do want you know the best for this or whatever so mm. I mean that was a tough time for you there it was and there were lots of obviously things that connect with what we're talking about today about seeking first to understand but as you said there was a hierarchy bit as well he's your boss so that that can be a little bit more difficult you're you're having to try and figure out how do I lead up to my manager, to my boss. That can be a little bit tense. Yeah. But also, I think you touched on something that's really important, which is we were so busy we didn't have the time. And and yeah, that was something that probably lasted eight months, nine months, ten months. Yeah. You know, to actually sit down and even if you'd given a day, a whole week to try and understand each other 
that would have been way more time efficient than having nine months of high high tension and conflict in that relationship. Yeah. And so we often don't think about that. We often think, ah, oh, we just don't have enough time to do this. I'm too busy to sit down and listen. I just want to tell them what what I know <laughs> and go. Well, then that's when we miss. We don't really know what the other person is feeling. We haven't taken the time to do it. And sometimes, and, and he, Stephen Covey in his book talks a lot about times with, with parents and children. and says children, teenagers especially, don't open up. You know, that's partly because of the parents. So the parents will go, oh, I'm, I'm probing, I'm asking, I'm listening. And the kids are like, no, no, I don't want to say anything. No, yes, no, single word answers. And they said, oh, you wouldn't get it, mum, anyway. Or you wouldn't get it, dad, anyway. And then it's like, no, I would. Like, trust me, like, I get it. And it's like, oh, I've had enough of school. And then the parent does what? What? How can you say you've had enough of school? Education is really important. Da, da, you know, and just goes on a spill. And it's like, so what? You know, now the kid is definitely not going to open up because you haven't, you haven't sought to understand. Yeah. You've actually, you've been not to 100 miles an hour in like that. Immediately, immediately. problem solved or course correct them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what he said is we have these autobiographical autobiographical responses. Right. So we evaluate. When you're talking to me, I'm evaluating. Is that right? Is that wrong? I probe because I'm trying to figure out things about you. Um, I advise. I give my own advice. How often do we hear that phrase of like... <laughs> if I were you. Oh, if I were you. Or, oh, I know exactly what you're feeling. When I... <laughs> you know, and then we tell yeah, our yeah. own story, even though it might have huge differences. Even if the difference is just the fact that there's time difference or you're in a different geography, there are just big differences. No two stories are exactly alike. Mm. And then we interpret. We interpret through our own story. And actually, it's really difficult to lay those things down and it's valuable to have those abilities. But also, we're actually not truly understanding if everything we're doing is evaluating and probing and interpreting through our own lens. And we're not, we're not even aware that we're doing that because it's so normal. Yeah. And I think I, <laughs> I, I think I've noticed myself doing this a little bit more recently. You, you're able to kind of go, ah, I've start, you know, maybe like as you're watching something or whatever, or you're listening to someone talk or, and you're going, oh, oh, I'm having an internal monologue here, or having an internal, almost um, assessing of what they're saying, and and deciding whether I, you know, <laughs> effectively what to do with it. And the generous, you know, this whole thing, the seek first understanding, is basically suspend judgment. Really, don't make. Tr- and it, I think it's a discipline, and it's a skill to learn because it's, as you said, it's so ingrained. And it's it's not that making any kind of judgments about information that comes in is bad we have to do it or else we would just be inundated with a flood of stuff in the very basic stuff we our minds have to go what's important to focus on and what can i ignore because there's so much coming in we would go crazy if we focused on everything what's important enough to remember what can i just ignore and that gets lost to the memory of just a hubbub of noise and so we do have to make judgments but it's like when i'm really wanting to effectively understand you I can't be going, well, I'm going to put you in this box straight away mm. and then not let you out of that box. I have to let you express in your fullness. And that takes discipline to just patiently wait mm. and um, and continue to pay attention. Mm. There's been times when I've been trying to pay attention to someone and then they'll have said a specific little phrase or a word or something 
and I'll catch myself going, oh, I've just gone on a 30 second thought train somewhere completely else. Where are they? Yeah. And we, we try to make up the gap where, what did they say? Um, and yeah, probably very few of us have the honesty and the emotional humility to, uh, to just go, sorry, uh, I lost you there for a second. Could you just go back and say that last 30 seconds? Yeah, would... exactly. Because, you know, when you were speaking just then, you saw me. I looked at my notes for a bit, just to be like, oh, where are we going next? And where we're going next is a reminder that this habit, seek first to understand and then be understood, is in effect all about communication. Mm. And he basically said, and this was interesting, I'd never seen this line before, I saw this in proofread, said, communication is the single most important skill you have. Yeah. Because you spend most of your waking time communicating. Mm. Whether that is reading, speaking, writing, we, how many emails are we producing? How many calls are we on where we're speaking? How many things are we reading? We're doing that most of the time. Yeah. And he said, but there's a fourth wing. It's not just reading. It's not just speaking. It's not just writing. It's also listening. Yeah. Now the difference is the first three we have hours, years of time developing and getting better and improving and developing. Most of us have never even been on a single listening workshop where we've learned to listen well. Mm. And this is why, despite it's seek first to understand and be understood, about 85% of this chapter is the first part, seeking first to understand. He does also talk about and this is how you make yourself understood. And he gives reference to the uh, the Greeks sort of thinking about that with um, ethos, pathos, and logos. Right. So do you have the ethic? Actually, he said, do you have the character? That's really what that is. Do you have the character to be there? Do you have the relationships or the emotion? And then do you have the logic? And he said, actually, it's in that order. You don't just think about the logic of your presentation, but think about <laughs> or whenever you're speaking. Do you have the character that backs that up? Do you have the emotion and the relationships that back that up? And then does it follow and does it make sense and does it make uh, logical sense? So I think there's an element of, hmm. actually, in our communication, are we even able to make ourselves understood? Because there are some people that you listen to them and you, are, you think you don't understand yourself to try and make yourself understood, hmm. whether you lack the emotional literacy to communicate some of your emotions or even just the words or the awareness so that's interesting but i think in the way that stephen covey talked about for the most part of this chapter we should as well seek first to understand because that will enrich all of your relationships i think as well you say we spend plenty of time through our schooling and beyond basically developing the skills of expressing ourselves either through writing through speaking or uh, and maybe through reading gaining information in but we don't really spend an awful lot of time practicing listening you were saying the other day about the active listening trend it's mm. very popular it has been for a while now but there was some research that some people had done that basically said loads of people talk a good game when it comes to active listening which is quite funny talking but 
not very good at it. And it's actually almost impossible in the most intense situation when you're in an argument to mm. actually practice active listening. Mm. And so I suppose at that point, as you were saying earlier, um, with the, the ladies training that you did, because you hadn't sought first understood, you gain into attention space. Well, this is something that we need to be practicing before, almost you put the fire out before it started, because once the fire started, chances are all bets are off, nobody's listening to anyone. Um, but I think when it comes to developing this skill of seeking first to understand, <laughs> we will probably intuitively pick up what makes for good communication of our own self, mm. because we go, Oh, I was. I had to work really hard to understand what they were saying because of X, Y, and Z. And we probably will become better communicators because we are practicing listening. Mm. And it's, it's as you say. I'm listening to what you say, but I'm listening to the emotion underneath what you say. I'm looking at your body language. What is that communicating? Mm. And whether you believe you can read that or not, the communication is so much more than just, oh, he said these really nice words. And if we're really listening, we might see those things. Mm. And obviously the last Kovi episode, we talked about the emotional bank account. Well, what do you think listening to somebody to understand them does to the emotional bank account? Oh, it's probably like a big payday check, isn't it? It's a huge payday check. But if you do it, and this is what he says, if you do it with the idea of like, oh, it's a little skill trick I'm trying to do, people pick up on that manipulation really quickly huh. and it will do the exact opposite. Wow. You know, it's like, actually, you have to genuinely want to understand them. Not just like, oh, I'm going to listen to Matt for a bit and so afterwards I can say what I want to say and I can reply. I'm not seeking to listen or understand to reply. Then... Next time we, you're going to know straight away because you'll be like, okay, um, he's not really listening. We're quite intuitive. Most people pick up on that really quickly. Interesting. And then it basically makes a huge withdrawal instead of a deposit, which is interesting. Mm. So you have to do it with the right spirit. It has to be a part of who you are. That's your, your ethic, your character, your person has to be in alignment with that. You can't just try that on you can't just do a skill do a little personality trick mm. i like this and i suppose for me one of the things this comes back to and i'm not sure actually where you stand on this we've spoken about it a couple of times but i think it comes a little bit to what how do we view time mm. do i view time as a scarce resource or an abundant resource because mm. if i view it as a scarce resource any time that is taken up by having to understand someone else is valuable time lost, mm. right? Whereas if I see time as this abundant thing, yes, you know, we, the common phrase is life is short. But actually, if you live in the moment, it can be almost like eternity. You're mm. approaching that. So if I view it as this abundant thing, then I'm not so fussed about, I need to be efficient with you. I need to be efficient here. And effect, you know, I can just be here with you present and actually that's far more effective mm. uh, and it goes back to that first things first episode we talked about and Covey goes have you ever tried to be efficient with a loved one how did that go yeah <laughs> and I, I think as well though even if we believe time is scarce and we should be effective and efficient with our time in the long run giving people time to let themselves be understood I'm sure would save you time. Probably pays about back with dividends. Your story, you are nine months to probably almost a year of tension. Mm. And if you'd even spent a week, a full week, like five full working days plus, 
you would have probably saved so much emotional energy, so much time, so much I would have gained so much sleep back. So much. So much. <laughs> and yet we don't think about that. We think, oh, I haven't got 10 minutes now. Well, that 10 minutes you're unwilling to spend now could be exponentially bigger time commitment as you have to go through that journey again mm. and again and again and again. So oh, even if you view time as scarce, probably you will save time by maintaining an attitude of understanding, I think. I like that. So one, one final idea before we close out, to put that into perspective. So obviously we've spoken a little bit about time budgeting before and we talked about budgeting and uh, many of you guys will understand the concept of compound mm. compound interest and so you know you can do that with money and it gets interest on it but it's also the same with time and i think perhaps in this regard a small investment now mm. as in like today this week in who do i need to spend 10 minutes really listening to and understanding mm. that probably will have a positive compounding interest rate rather than every time i don't do that uh, again it's adding a, a little bit of negative interest almost debt to that emotional bank account for them and so something now a small investment in time now sooner in seeking to understand them will save a whole lot of time later on having to hash out all of the misunderstandings yeah. or all of the angst that's built up yeah make it a habit I know a thing or two about habits, but maybe that's for another episode. Mm. This one is an important one. All of them are. I think this is a really good series. But seek first to understand and be understood. Don't just talk the game. Do the game. Listen. It makes such a big difference. Uh, it's so much of what coaching is. Coaching has helped me do that better, but I don't always do it well. And I'm not sure everyone does. And that's why we are finding this <laughs> a valuable thing to go through. It's yeah. like, oh, we can, we should go this, try this, do this in our own lives. Anyway, I hope this, um, well, I hope you've enjoyed summer. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We will see you next week for another episode of the Make It Count podcast. See you guys.